0: And
1: you're listening to The Leveragist. This is Andrea Adams-Miller. My co-host is Gina Gaudio-Graves. And we have a really fun show today for you. You know, we um, Gina and I have talked about publishing a lot, and we talk about the different things that we do in our lives. And one of the things that we haven't done is talk about what families do together. And so uh, this family, C.B. Hoffman and Dan Hoffman, have created and self-published six faith-based eBooks, three audio books. And a short film about fashion design, um, a fashion designer, I mean, who is blackmailed into being an assassin and ultimately finding her way to repentance, forgiveness, and salvation. And they're doing it on their own, from writing and editing the books, designing book covers, producing the eBooks, to recording and producing audiobooks, shooting and editing video, and marketing and promotion. God inspired their dream, and they'd love to share with all of you about how they turned their dreams into it into a do-it-yourself project, and with all do-it-yourselves out there today. Um, It'll be a fun way to share about um, the things, you know, because you guys know that listen to us that I also own a publishing company. And I'm always glad to hear that other people are getting their stories out because I certainly can't publish every single book in the world. And there's different uh, niches for different people and a different way that they want to express their voice. So I'm always happy to encourage that people get their story out whichever way that may be. And I'm welcoming you to the show now, CB and Dan. Welcome. Well, Hi, thanks for having
2: hello.
1: us. thank you. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what intrigued me about your story the most is um, I am an avid reader and I really care about education. So, uh, Dan, um, while I love your interest and want to know more about your travel blog, I'm really into your mom right now and her being an educator.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the CB's the star. No, <laughs> we're not. Know.
3: We're pretty much equals in this game.
1: So, Stevie, I want to hear more about your background of, of teaching and, and hear some of your experiences uh, with teaching that ultimately led you to becoming a writer
3: Okay, well, it was not my experiences with education that led me to becoming a writer uh, Strangely enough, I, I started writing because of a dream uh, before The night before I set foot in the, my first classroom I had a dream and I saw a legal pad with my handwriting. And the first line said, she was accustomed to coming here. She was an assassin. Then I followed all the blank lines to the bottom of the legal pad. And it said, and she fell into the arms of God. And I woke up and thought, well, now that's strange. What is this? And then I realized, oh, my gosh, this is a book. So um, the whole time I was teaching, whenever I could, which wasn't very often because I taught English and there's a lot of essays to grade and a lot of lesson planning and so forth. So what I did was whenever I had the opportunity, I found myself just longing for each opportunity to write and I was enjoying it and yet, oh my gosh, 14 revisions um you know during the whole, the whole time I was teaching that that was kind of a pain but um uh, yeah um also worked on a master's degree during the time I was teaching so I it, the writing was was a side sidebar for me but uh, teaching had to be first and and the reason why I decided to get a master's degree was because my first degree was in psychology and I thought you know I want to give my students the best I've got to give in the field of education, so I went and got a master's degree in language arts education, and uh, always wanted to always wanted to give the best that I had to give. So writing had to be on the side, unfortunately.
1: <laughs> well, I appreciate that because um, I taught college myself and. And my one of my, my youngest daughter is getting ready to be an English teacher, reading, more of an English teacher, excuse me, a reading awesome. teacher and a math yeah. teacher. And so books are a huge. Oh, wow, part what of a combination. That's a
3: strange combination. That show, must be whole, kind of she must be a whole brain. brain you know, <laughs>
1: she is very intelligent. So yeah, she started, um, and, um, oh, honor class math, uh, like in, I think it was in fourth grade. And so she was doing ridiculous math that I could not help her with. Um, cause I only wow. went as far as, you know, geometry and she was doing calculus, I think in sixth grade. So it was
3: kind of great. Oh, yeah. Well, most people <laughs> who are uh, less brained to go toward math and right brainers, you know, the writing would more come in and, she must be whole-brained if she's equally good in both. That's that's uh, remarkable.
0: Well, and
1: that's one of the things that attracted to me you, to you was the educational piece
3: and the fact
1: that you're taking writing now and providing books for other people. So, for example, <clears throat> my daughter. When um, they all were readers, but uh, Demaya in particular. And I remember her in school um, having uh, teachers that would tell her that she wasn't allowed to read more than one book at a time. And while probably for the average person that's probably a good thing, uh, Demaya liked to read between three to five books simultaneously and could keep track wow. of them. And What's her email
0: address?
3: She had to have been terribly fun. frustrated by them doing that. Doesn't that remind it, it you of, of, them, of them telling Einstein that he was stupid? <laughs> <laughs> it is. I,
1: and um, he didn't tell us for a long time.
3: Teachers yeah, to see
1: the, the uh,
3: uniqueness of each person and not stifle their, their progress. I mean, that. And they're learning. They're learning uh, inclinations. They they need to get out of the way, and let the, <laughs>
1: absolutely let
3: the kid learn. <laughs>
1: yeah my uh, middle daughter she actually was so frustrated with the reading limitations on her that she stopped reading and to the state she's 22 now and I can't get her back into it she just was like so frustrated because of the limitations where my youngest one finally came to us and said and admitted to us that they had accused her of cheating on her um that you would go into the library and take a comprehensive test that would, you'd answer like 10 questions about how you comprehended the book. And they accused her of wow. cheating because she read so many books. So she was way, uh-huh. way, way, way ahead of uh-huh. everybody else. So like she'd read a hundred books when he only needed 20 and stuff like that. And she scored a hundred oh, on all of them.
0: Oh my God. Oh, wow. she,
1: yeah. I know. Yeah. She that admitted reminds... to us yeah. that she would lie after they accused her of, cheating and would miss one on purpose, so they'd leave her alone, and so then we went to the school and, and rectified that.
3: Oh, no. See, see what they should have done was tested the child, uh, probably have a genius score there, and, and it's probably above their own score, and therefore they are not comfortable with knowing how to deal with it, so they turn it into something they can handle, and uh, that is detrimental to to the student that's really sad you know
1: i remember it was pretty
3: crazy Mm -hmm. yeah i remember in high school being accused of uh plagiarism for a book report i wrote and my sister had to go in (laughs) and say she she said every line to me and we went over you know if that was the best way she Mm -hmm. could say it so i mean they don't rec some i can't say this about every teacher but with your experience and my experience, and I can, and having been one too, I can also say that it is a tendency for uh, some teachers to um, face something that is beyond their level of intelligence or skill set, and so they try to dummy it down so that it will be something they can deal with. And I think that's sad. They don't even know it they're doing definitely. it. They're not doing it on purpose. They just... Oh, they
1: actually mean well. I mean, they love yeah. Janiyah and thought that they were helping her um, by limiting her. They thought that would be helpful. And if you write it, uh, frustrating her. So you have written a trilogy, yeah. right? It's a trilogy, right. is that correct?
0: Right. Yeah. So
1: imagine someone has read uh, two books and they're dying to read the third one. And then they're told, no, you're not allowed to read it because you've read too many books by the same author or the same series. Uh, so you have to wait. <laughs>
0: Uh, that's crazy.
3: Yeah, yeah. You man. know, and uh,
0: see these books. I think are written at a pretty high level of English. Uh, you know, some of she doesn't dumb it down. I think uh, that there could be a renaissance of uh, people uh, in literary and in English uh, studying it and uh, in in college and, and on a high level that would appreciate it. It's not uh, it's not exactly uh, it's somewhere in between a, a beach read and a literary. I don't know. Tao, how would you describe it, CB?
3: Boy, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I just just, know. Listen, I I taught primarily high school. And so, I mean, all that, that SAT vocabulary and so forth that I had to dwell on with them for, you know, 29 years, I, I, just It's just ingrained in me. I can't help myself.
0: Oh, oh so case in point. So CB's uh, first two sentences of her first book go, she was accustomed to coming here. She was an assassin embroiled in a sultry web of blackmail and deceit. The risks were burgeoning, jeopardizing her life, her career, her very soul, if she still had one. And ultimately what's happening is a girl's going into a church uh, to get payoff cash for an assassination underneath a pew. Uh, the guy knows a lot about her background, and so he does that to bother her. And uh, so I would have written a uh, girl enters church, but CB wrote those two lines. So, uh, you know, it's, it's really incredible to me to see, you know, how she weaves the words together. It's, it's almost like poetry.
3: Oh, that's the <laughs> sweetest thing. That That's well, really you know,
1: sweet. It, your level of vocabulary is awesome for me as well. Um, uh, just simple things in the world. So my husband had uh, uh, wrote wrote a letter to the editor about some of the streets in our local town, and he asked me to revise it. And I revised it so that the words were more powerful and more empowering. And by the time it was done, he's like, wow, wow. Um, you know, this has become your letter. And I said, well, I was afraid of that because you, it it lost your voice a little because, and he said, yeah, I, and, and he spoke it with emotion. He was, and, and then by the time we revised it, so I said, well, if it's mine, I'm going to revise it again. (laughs) And I made it it actually mine and took him completely out of it. and, Uh. and, and but then I told him because it's going to the newspaper, chances are that his letter would be more appreciated and read by more people than mine because the level of vocabulary I used did not necessarily warrant the average reader.
3: Yeah, right, so, right. That's one so thing you have you, to. I see that. Yeah, that's one thing you have to guard against as an editor. Now I did do editing and and writing before I became a teacher, and I've edited just about all my life and and it's that is something you have to watch out against is is uh even in helping kids uh learn their voice in writing is to not give them their voice or not revise their voice their voice help them keep it but but to develop it to their to the highest level that they would normally want to reach with it. that that's a hard thing in editing is to not Get your own voice in it, and I do appreciate right. that, that problem. Yeah, is, and and easy. I love that
1: because I've uh, ghost wrote for several different authors in different oh, wow. and different genres. And the one guy that I edited for and, and ghost wrote for years, I um, mean, he would like write a uh, a letter or a paragraph or something, and I would take it and turn it into, into a chapter. Um, as I worked for him for a long time and really knew his voice, but he used the words get and have all the time. And I knew I could only change so many of them or I would lose him. And so yeah. I really had to um, – Keep his voice in there. So I'm an actress as well. So I really had to focus on becoming him and the his uh, best him.
3: Yeah. get Getting kind of like role playing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I hope that paid well. <laughs> yeah.
1: That would be hard. It was a yeah. it was a very uh, very fun job. And then I've done some. I there most of mine have been in the business world, so both financial, real estate, and business. Uh, and so there is a different form of vocabulary. And that's why I like yours because I have more of yeah. a a business and science vocabulary. So, you know, the fact that in your second sentence from the chapter one, you know, the risks were burgeoning, jeopardizing her yeah. life, her career, her very soul. I love those yeah. words. Um, yeah. Cause people don't use them on a regular basis and, and they're beautiful words, the vocabulary themselves. Um, wow, and I'd
3: love for you, you guys that. are encouraging yeah. me. <laughs> wow.
0: Gotta go get to work. <laughs>
3: yeah. We should. And you, um, said you know, you love something. What were you gonna say? Oh,
1: that's okay. You're, you're. Um, I love it that you're excited that we're still complimentary of you. <laughs> no, I mean, I need encouragement. We
3: all do, right? <laughs> well,
1: yeah. You know, and and that's one of the things. I I had the opportunity to see you on some of your television shows, and you're absolutely adorable because you seem uh. <laughs> extremely humble. <laughs> and, um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, well, and I see you passing the buck to your son all the time, you know, like, Oh uh, no, let him answer. Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, I mean, she yeah. jumping right over
0: top of her, so yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> That's all right.
0: She yeah. gets one second to answer a question or I'm gonna take over. <laughs>
3: hey, you know, Dan yeah. Dan I always call Dan my the motivator. You know, he really is. Um this first book, you know, if the last line ends with And she fell into the arms of God. How did it become a trilogy? Well, I thought it was going to be one book, right? And, um... Dan was the one who said, oh, no, you know, there's a lot more we can do with this. And this has well, to be a trilogy. A CB, yeah, a CB <laughs> outlined
0: like 25 different plot points. And I was like, there's no way you're going to get this done inside a normal book length. And, and I was just thinking it would be too much uh, work for one book anyway. So I was thinking, you know, if we're going to have to design the cover and the look and the feel. And, and this was back in 2008, 2009, you know, before, like, I'm talking Kindle version one. It was like 400 bucks. And then I remember seeing in New York ads for the iPad version one and thinking, okay, I think these digital books is really going to work. I was like, I don't know what to do with an iPad, but I want one. And so I was just thinking it would be a lot of work for one book. So thinking, okay, how can we make a trilogy out of this and, uh, and then incorporate all of CB's plot points? And, uh, you know, I think we could, you know, I actually think there's uh, some characters in there, uh, Daniel Gother and Mark Truman, and there's, a, there's some characters in there. I think we could completely have spinoff series yeah and, uh, and yeah. what's
3: interesting is each one of those is uh, based upon my family, so Daniel Gother in the book is none other than Dan, who is speaking to you now, well, yeah, based
0: loosely on, on yes on, on and, actual people, <laughs>
3: yeah, and Mark truman is our is his younger brother, our younger son.
0: Oh and speaking of reading, my brother Mark was reading uh full books. How old, how old was he when he started? Reading? Four. At 4, he was reading words like Egypt and I mean and he was Pharaoh. Yeah, and... he was already a year ahead in school <laughs> and he was reading at like the next year's level.
3: Yeah, yeah. That was that really surprised me. I was so busy into going through my internship for teaching and I didn't realize the gains that Mark was
0: making. <laughs> his teachers like that either did they no he was too he was he was too far above yeah. the other class well it, yeah. ca- it
3: does cause trouble yeah i mean when you're a regular age and you're put into a, a kindergarten or first grade classroom and yet you are reading the instructions and knowing what to do and they're learning that bat means you know mm-hmm. so it doesn't it, it makes it. It makes it. I can see it from a teacher's perspective. It makes it difficult on the teacher, and it makes it hard on the kid. And I'm sure you experienced this with Demaya, and you have another daughter.
1: Oh yeah, I have two: uh, Destiny and Devaney. Yeah.
3: <laughs> well, well, they, they, you know, when they go beyond and exceed what the teacher is trying to teach at that grade level, then, then what you have is a child who's torn between uh, their age and how they fit in socially and they can be a little awkward and yet they are smarter than the older kids that they're thrown in with. So that's, that's hard for everybody really. But, but once they're out of school and so forth, just watch them shine, watch them sail on by because these kids are, are, they have wings. They really do. And they, and, um, don't want to try to hold them down.
1: <laughs> well, uh, that's another thing, too, is you um, in some of the videos that I saw of you, you refer to your students. Was it Riverside?
3: Oh, uh, East River. Well, See, I, I taught two different high schools. One was University oh, okay. High School and then the last one was East River.
0: In Central Florida, out by uh, yeah. UCF.
3: Yeah, We're, all this is around East University I. of Central Florida, but <laughs> Um, yeah, and I promised them the book uh, Too Many Choices about quadruplets with the last name of choice. <laughs> Too many choices. Oh. I love It's oh, fun the play on words. I loved it because uh, I always wanted to write a second person mm-hmm. uh, comedy. I mean, all these different things. So I decided to just wrap them up into the one novel. And so it's full of high school drama, which. And don't forget, to high schoolers, that's very serious stuff. But, you know, I was trying hard not to be too, um, I was being humorous, but I was trying not to make fun of them, you know, so uh, it was fun to write, though.
0: And uh, CB's books never have any sex or drugs or cussing, and uh, there's romance, but no sex. Uh, I don't think writing a sex scene with your mom would work. But uh, she just wants to make sure that if any of her students uh, ever, you know, read them, and, and they do, and or listen, that, uh, you know, there's nothing that would make them blush or they would say, oh, that's not consistent with, you know, who CB was. And, you know, so uh, so we like to keep yeah. it uh, uh, friendly. Plus,
3: yeah, plus I wanted to, to – uh, I didn't want to be a hypocrite. I used to say to them all the time, uh, you, you, it's best for you when you get to the point where you want to get married – that you marry someone who is also your best friend because when all the butterflies and everything wear off, you better have somebody there that you know well and that you can depend on and so forth. And and so my books have a lot about developing relationships, uh, not just, you know, I don't want this. Uh, We went out one time and we hopped into bed and then, you know, whatever. And and a good another good reason for that too. Saw that happen a couple of times while I was at university high school. There were two kids that were killed, and uh, they were eight years apart. Uh, one was in gang rivalry, but the other one was uh, members of the same culture fighting over a girl that they were having a relations with. And I kept trying to tell yeah. these kids that's not the way. To go, and you're not old enough, you're not mature enough to handle this. Wait till you get married, blah blah blah. So I kind of made a point of not having these these quick relationships and jump into bed kind of of things in the books because that is that's just not the best way for for them to go. But anyway. you know that
1: makes. That- Makes me laugh. I think of my oldest daughter, Destiny. She had to read, I can't remember the name of the book. It was about an architect. Everybody loved it. It was really a thick book, like two, three inches paperback, um, you know, the traditional paperback uh, side. Um, right. And I, I, the book instantly started off. With this, I'm like the guy is screwing one woman after the other and dumping her and doesn't even know her name and and I was like, why is this like? it was just a horrible book and everybody went on and on about it and I'm like, yeah, I yeah. I am very open minded. I own um I own another business about dating and relationships and intimacy, so I'm totally open minded. But it was boring. Yeah. I'm like, okay already. <laughs> I'm
0: just, yeah, right.
1: Have, like, right. have any, have any value? <laughs> so right. and it wasn't even good.
0: <laughs> and you know, sometimes I think that can be a crutch too. Like if you're watching uh, some of these shows, I don't want to call any out by name, but it's like they just substitute cuss words when they. It's like they ran out of vocabulary words. You know what I mean? They're and, just trying and, to startle yeah. and
3: and um, and you got to start off with a sex
0: scene to hook yeah. you. Yeah, sensationalism
3: you know. doesn't sometimes can be used to cover any real talent that is there in the writing. You know, if you've got a lot of suspense and mystery and and all these things to keep a reader engaged, you don't necessarily need all that sensational <laughs> uh, that's
1: stuff. That's making me laugh because I don't watch television anymore, although this morning yeah. my husband had the TV on, and um uh, I can't even remember what it was. A diagnosis Murder was on, and then, so, oh. you know, the old... <laughs> And it, yeah. it intrigued me. I I love murder mysteries, and I used to work in law yeah. enforcement. So yeah. I I was like engaged, and I I caught myself for like fifteen minutes not moving, and I'm like, okay, I really need to go. have <laughs> <laughs> Stuff to do, and you know they're they always show him flirting with someone, but there's no you know nothing that goes on, and and um that, you know when you watch Dick a Columbo or <laughs> yeah was, yeah that was. Was. The
3: murder was Dick Van Dyke, I think. Yeah, oh. and like Quincy
1: yeah. Jones and all of those. I love those uh-huh. shows, and they always were super flirty, but they were always clean, mm-hmm. and and yet they yeah. were intriguing. And it cracks me up that right. those shows can't be equally fun today.
2: Yeah, so I know. Uh,
1: I know that's
3: <laughs> sad. I think that's really sad. Yeah. So, um,
1: you all right? So, um. So, Dan, did you already have, you know, from looking at what you do, so you're – I'm a photographer as well, so I found you intriguing. And with your travels, awesome. I've only been to 37 countries. Uh, one oh, of my business goodness. partners has
0: been to 103. So I'm like, oh, I want
1: to know where all you've traveled. <laughs>
0: oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Uh, well, so actually, um, so my wife and I, we sold a one bedroom in New Jersey in uh, 2017 in December, and then we head up Canada, and we came down to Florida for a few months to work with CB, and then we went to uh, Brazil, where my wife is from, and from there, Argentina, Chile, Peru, we hit up Mexico, and I have a great aunt who lives in Hawaii, who I had never visited, so we popped over there and saw her, and then uh, Southeast Asia. So, uh, Philippines, uh, Singapore, Hong Kong, Macau, uh, Indonesia, a couple of islands in Indonesia, including Bali. um, Goodness, uh, where else? Uh, Vietnam. um,
1: I've heard Vietnam uh, and uh, Cambodia are gorgeous to photograph.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. China. Uh, Well, China was a a previous trip, but I have been to China. Uh, You know, we didn't get to Cambodia. We really want to. We wanted to, but, you know, it's just, uh, you know, we, one thing we figured out is that if you're trying to turn it into a business, uh, that a year is a really long time. You need to be able to plant a little bit because if you're trying to edit video on a bumpy bus, uh, it's going to get old real quick. So uh, you need to, for every day that you wake up at 0400 and try to catch a sunrise and then you're out all day in a rental car with a driver, Uh, and then you're back at, you know, after dark, you know, 10 o'clock at night, you definitely need a day off the next day. Don't make that a travel day. So we learned a lot, but, uh, but yes, so photography has all, has been a passion for a really long time, but, uh, yeah, we're, we're trying to get the, uh, we want to visit a lot of places. Uh, we wanted to get to Europe, but it just seems like it's a little bit too expensive. So we just got to figure out, uh where money's coming from and, and where to go based well, on we'll, that, we'll, we'll basically. We'll have to
1: talk, because I've been able yeah. to find ridiculously cheap flights. Like the last time I went to Paris, um, uh, I booked it two weeks before we went for $297 round trip. Wow. <laughs> oh, you're kidding. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so there are, but you there have to be flexible and adaptable with your schedule. So I own my own yeah. business, so that allows me uh, okay. that. But, yeah, wow. if you have a nine-to-five, forget <clears throat> it. <laughs> Let me yeah, exactly. interject. One of my sons
2: mm-hmm. lived in Vancouver, British Columbia for his whole life. And wow. he has two sons. He was a single dad, raised his sons himself. And as his sons were leaving the nest and he found that he was going to be by himself, he said, you know, I've always wanted to travel the world. I have my own business. I can go wherever I want. But then as he started exploring it, he realized how costly it might get. So my friend found a site, and I'm trying to remember the name of it. I could text him and get it for you if you want. It is a site that allows you to find opportunities to do house-sitting all over the world. And to... One of the things that's the key to getting accepted to house sit, because when you're house sitting, you get to stay in the house for free. Usually you're doing it because you're taking care of their pets. But in order to get some of the primo assignments, you need to have really good reviews. And when you're just getting started with it, you don't have reviews. So to help him there, he found another site, that has opportunities where you go and do work for free room and board? Well, he's really skilled at web design and podcasting. So he was traveling around the world helping companies put new websites on it, might be a yoga studio, and he'd get room and board in the yoga studio because they had a little studio apartment set up. And sometimes he'd be able to stay for a couple of months for free. Wow, yeah, the and line, the work he you was know, we, doing gave him the reviews he needed to then be able to do the house-sitting. He has been on the road full-time for three years without a wow. home base, just either doing the working stuff or the house-sitting for free.
0: Wow. He thinks That's it's saving amazing. him
2: like thirty grand a year.
0: Yeah, probably. Yeah. You know, uh, we looked into something called um, uh, couch-surfing. And we did that at a yeah. few places, and it's the same deal. You're supposed to have a bunch of reviews. and But, well, you know, we found some guys in Argentina, and and, uh, and I think actually they were all in Argentina, but it just really wasn't for us. Like, uh, one guy had a dog that wouldn't leave us alone. And, you know, it's it's interesting, too, because a lot of these guys, well, I mean, with what you're talking about, it sounds like they're not home, but with couch service. They aren't. Uh, you get
2: the whole place to yourself,
0: and often you yeah. get their cars, too. Oh, my goodness. Wow. <laughs> that's that's a lot of trust. I don't know if I would if I would just give someone the keys like that. But maybe. which
1: is why the reviews are so crucial, right?
0: Wow. Yeah, well, Dan, you great. might have an that's
1: opportunity because you guys are getting really good reviews for yourselves with you being on radio and television and with you showing oh, up. Cool. People will like okay. that, and then they'll okay. love your mom because you know she's an educator, <laughs> so she wait, automatically wait. gives oh, you some oh, bonuses. Yeah.
0: yeah, and you just <laughs> give her give her the review. She'll get on me. <laughs>
1: That's cool. I love it. Um, So um, tell us more about, you know, um, the do-it-yourself and then what led you to decide to do it all yourself. Because it seemed like you had a little expertise already going on, and it was just a matter of you building upon it, Dan.
0: Uh, Yeah, you know, so it kind of – we're, I, I grew up being a do-it-yourselfer. Uh, my dad was, was always helping me build skateboard ramps in the garage, and uh, you know, and we're just a, a long family. My dad and his his older brother and their father actually built a cabin in West Virginia. It took them ten years. They would drag everything up there in a trailer behind their Volkswagen van again, and uh, for over ten years they built this cabin. And so I've just come from a long line of do-it-yourselfers. And, uh, you know, and then even while I was going to school, I always uh, worked and I always had side jobs and, you know, just been a a hustler since day one. And uh, so I was up in New York and CB had been writing these books all along and she had lined up a publisher and uh, the publisher got some devastating health news and then had to close the business before CB's book ever went into print. And uh, so I was just talking with her. I had just finished design school in New York and I was working full time. and, And I said, hey, you know, read some of your book. And she read those two lines, and I, I, was, I couldn't believe it. And then um, and then so, you know, that became like she read the whole first chapter, and then, you know, before you know it, the whole first book, and we were comparing notes and talking about where it could go. So it was just kind of like it grew organically out of the love of the books. And, you know, CB having, you know, a master's in English ed and a degree in psych and all this teaching experience and editing, you know, so that part came naturally. And then I always wanted to do graphic design and advertising, so, uh, you know, I took a, another stab at the book covers because I'd been designing some really bad ones back before I had my degree and before I knew what I was doing. And so I took a new stab at it and came up with the one uh, with the girl with the gun. Uh, that's actually a friend who I photographed. And, um, you know, back when I was still, you know, just really falling in love with photography. And, man, I really wish I could redo that one. But um, so, uh, so it just kind of uh, just kept you know chipping away at it all along and uh now today i mean so we have the six books uh, the ones the trilogy and then we have the high school drama and then cb has one called royal conspiracies it's about a princess slave and uh so i mean she's got to write more on that but you know it's just like we just keep keep adding to our to-do list actually we're a few days away from finishing an audio drama podcast called fashion assassin podcast and so um so it's basically like the audiobook but my dad and my brother and I are doing all the voices and we subscribed to a sound effect library where we have gunshots and footsteps and squealing car uh, tires and doors and you know we have uh, background music and so we're going to we're going to launch that and that'll be uh, you know free to listen to and so it's just it's funny we just keep uh, dreaming up all of these things to do, and and then marketing and promotion takes up so much time, and you know, thank God my wife is on board, and uh, Mark and everybody's helping now, but uh, you know, it's it's just like a never-ending to-do list, basically. So, <laughs> well, yeah, I'm
1: totally excited about the radio drama. I I um uh have you ever heard of the Whistler? It was a radio drama from, I don't even know what year, a long, long time ago. And when I was in college, I took um, a creative dramatics and then I took a radio class. And we redid 13 episodes of The Whistler. Oh, awesome. and, um, and so we made all the sound effects. And it was so fun because, you know, I learned how if I had a... 8 by 10 sheet of metal or an 11 by 14 sheet of metal and you just hold the top and wiggle it you can make thunder and lightning rumbles uh, depending <laughs> right. on the size and how uh-huh. we would take shoes and, and um, rocks and put them in a box and then have the shoes within our hands and walk and make different pavement uh-huh. sounds uh-huh. you know and, and I had my dad come in and my dad was the crickets with his voice he could do the <laughs> whistling that sounded like crickets
3: uh-huh. and no.
1: it, it was so fun it was so that much is fun. Great. I would love to hear you and your brother and dad and everybody doing that. that that's a, so, yeah. so much fun. Yeah, Absolutely. I would really enjoy that.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's called a Foley artist, right? Isn't that what they called that? A Foley artist, the guy who used to um, make all those noises. Uh, I'm I, not think sure. so. I think so. I am not
1: for sure. I'm gonna look it up. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah, the but- that's the glory of having a inter, uh, you know internet in front of you. <laughs> exactly. you
0: know, and so like I think that they snap celery for bones breaking and and stuff like that. But you know so we subscribed to this library. So like I think actually I think all of the noises were from this library. But you know there were a few things that we were we kept talking about. Oh, we should do it ourselves. And uh like lighting a, a cigar in one scene and then extinguishing it and you know, we kept thinking, Oh, you know, we could do that ourselves and you know, but I'm like, I don't think I wanna light a cigar in the studio and I definitely don't want to put it out in water in the studio. So, you know, we ended up uh we ended up making do. Uh but I think we got I think we got about ninety five percent of what we needed and uh, you know, we're able to Sometimes it's even funny with like, with like the footsteps, if, if you get a pace that's too fast, you can just like shorten the track and then uh, duplicate it and make your own footsteps. You know what I mean? So sometimes you have to exactly. get really creative, but yeah, it was so much fun. And I really love how good CB got at it because, um, so we bought all this equipment like the the studio condenser mic and the headphone amp and the, the little pre Sonos where uh, the audio interface for the computer. So the mic is plugged into there and, and, um, and then like early on, uh back so the first three books of the trilogy are audio books, actually available on Audible. And so we got all this stuff because uh right after we, we did the first book, I was like, Okay, you know, uh audio is becoming a big, big thing. And even more so now with Alexa and the homes and uh and, and by the way, we had Alexa Sylvan way before Amazon right, had Alexa. Did. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> So, um, so you know, I said you gotta you gotta record them as audiobooks, and c b was down because you know, when i was when we were growing up, she would read Uncle Remus and she would do. Uh, you know, like the, the illustrated kids, like the um, Disney's like Splash Mountain, like Br'er Rabbit, Br'er Fox. And she would do different voices for all the characters and all this. And, and I started, I was looking into uh, how much it was to produce uh, an audiobook And I, I reached out to a couple of people. And, you know, you're talking 2008. But they wanted, uh, it was $3,000 for
2: right, right. Uh,
0: six hours of finished audio. And it's a lot of work. You know what I mean? It's like you can't oh, just sit there crazy. and record eight yeah. hours a day, and then you have to edit it and everything. But you know, I was thinking, okay, we already have three. You know, we're talking about a trilogy of three books, so you know, there's nine thousand bucks. And uh, CB had written Royal Conspiracies uh, during a summer, and so I'm like, okay, CB's going to write twenty books. We're not we're not about to spend three thousand dollars to turn each one into an audio book. So um, so we got <laughs> the stuff. Yeah, and sent it down to her, and uh, she and GarageBand comes free on the Mac she would go to the apple store every day and drive
3: them crazy yeah sometimes right.
0: twice a day and and <laughs> you actually recorded the first book probably 3 times oh, i was
3: yeah yeah
0: yeah <laughs> Four yeah. Times. yeah her son her son's a very demanding uh producer wanted meaning, to make meaning sure the one perfect. speaking to you yeah now. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean i must have made her redo the the opening paragraph 500 times but uh Anyway, so so uh, she really learned that, and now with the audio drama podcast, she'll be sitting there with her headphones, you know, editing it. And I'm just uh, really proud of of how far she's come with the audio. I it's love taken a doing long the time, technical
3: but, work yeah. with the tracks, yeah. and the voiceovers and the adding the sound effects and the music and all this. Mm-hmm. I I think that is. Fascinating. And when
0: you listen to it, I have to do – the villain is a a Frenchman, and I have to do a really bad French accent. I I took Spanish, and I'm learning some Portuguese, so I don't have a lot of experience doing French. So. (laughs) we have to do sentence by sentence five times a piece for me so that was, that's kind yeah. of interesting well that's alright
1: <laughs> well, doing theater what helped me with voices is I would usually meet someone who had an accent that I needed to have for a certain show and then I would just listen to them and then figure out how to place my tongue and lips differently to make the same kind of sound and so my Russian is more like this and my Polish <laughs> is a little more rounded yeah. and Turkish is more on the side (laughs) and sounds like this and and they all laugh and they say you know it'll do and you know and um and then i you know working with my british people and getting different areas of britain you know when you look at england there's different sounds different depending on where they're at on how fast or how slow and uh you know how cockney or not and you know and and so much fun
0: wow good for you that reminds oh, By the me, way, uh, it is a foley
1: art. A foley artist is the sound person who oh, creates sound okay. or recreates it if something's lost. Like example, uh-huh. when a voice is re-recorded, which is funny. I didn't. I didn't recall that. I did a voiceover, which I can. It's been ten years, so I can do it now. When. Um, uh, there was a thing with Carol Burnett that somebody was doing, and yeah. um, they lo- Well, I didn't know until I got there. I was called and hired to come in. Um, they said that they thought I could do it, and I was paid to go, Oh, Horton. And <laughs> I only needed to say, Oh, Horton, but it was dropped out, and I had to do it. And so I asked them to put the, sc- the video up on screen, and they go, You do know that's not an actual voice. I said, I know, but I'm a method actor. <laughs>
2: Uh,
1: yeah, they yeah. put, the, yeah. put it up on the screen and I just matched the mouth of the animation and listened to Carol Burnett's voice until I could do that Horton piece. And then, so my voice was used to recreate um, whatever it had gotten lost for some kind of, it wasn't for the actual movie, but it was like a clip from the movie was used for another, like, Commercial piece and it had gotten screwed oh, up. Great. They accidentally deleted it and needed someone to recreate it. So that was so wow. much fun. I, I we did it in three takes. It was really fun. So oh man, um, you know, got a
0: lot from that, didn't you?
1: It it was a lot of fun. I I really really loved it and yeah. Wow. So there's get, I mean and voiceovers like and. Uh, um you know it's a, a little bit from it I didn't really pursue it although um okay. recently I've had a lot of people tell me I need to do a lot more with voice and radio and television so um wow. um I, in yep. fact I'll, I'm going to be starting a third radio show as well um Wow oh my, <laughs> oh, my gosh so, yeah awesome.
3: Yeah, it's
1: a lot of fun. In fact, as soon as I leave you guys, I'm doing a television show that's over the internet. So, the second, um, in fact, uh, Gina's going to take the last 15 minutes. And so she's been saving all of her questions so that Uh, I can jump off to get ready for television. But one of the things I really enjoyed with you guys, yeah, Uh, yeah, well. Make, I love it sure that Gina know. and I can develop relationships with people on our show yes, um, in in a way so that we really get to know who you are so people can fall right. in love with who you are and how you create and, and how to, you know, reach out to you because it's really awesome what you guys are doing.
3: And um, would you please go to CB, B as in boy, CB Hoffman, H O F F M A N N dot com? and make sure we have your email address so we can let you know the minute that our audio drama podcast goes live
0: yeah i'd love to hear you uh, what you think about it i uh, uh, it is Definitely.
1: That sounds so much fun. I would absolutely enjoy that. Yeah. Um, And if you ever need a guest uh, voice or sound person, let me know. I'd be happy to fill in. We we do.
0: I'm not sure we can afford you, though. Yeah, that's the problem. (laughs)
1: Well, there's always kinds of things that we can always figure out how we can work together. I do enough uh, in the world, uh, and so does Gina. Gina and I both uh, consult and help people with books. She has a merchant account service that helps people. She helps with JVing. You know, both her and I are... We got our hands in 20 different fields. In fact, I'm an executive director of a movement uh, called the Keep Smiling Movement. And uh, certainly, we love to honor people who do great things. So, that's a whole other way that we could um, reach out. And if you're traveling, I can send cards with you and you can take pictures of people who are holding the Keep Smiling cards and get yourself more traction that way, too. So,
0: oh, that's good. good. Yeah. yeah. Please do. Yeah. yeah. Well, connect. Yeah
1: lots of fun things in the world. So what, um, what haven't we, well, I mean, obviously we've just been really forming a relationship and letting people hear about, you know, what cool people exist in the world. (laughs) So, um, you know, when you decided to actually, you know, make, make this a business and where these other books came, you know, from you. So the first one you said was, you know, like divine intervention that came down. Um, How did the other ones just fall out of you? (laughs)
3: Well, you know, Dan Dan was the one who motivated for the trilogy and uh, actually had to go back and revise um, the first book, Consuming Fire, with a few little lines, adding a bulletproof vest and a few little things like that that made it possible to revive her for the rest of the books, And then then the... um, the Too Many Choices was a promise to my last uh, English classes because I had a lot of football players and cheerleaders and so forth, and I promised them I was going to write something about them. So that's how that developed. And then uh, Royal Conspiracies came about simply because I've always been like an Earl Flynn, um, I don't know, swashbuckler, lover. Princess Bride. Princess Bride. <laughs> oh, my gosh, I love that movie. yeah. So uh, that was just my love for that. And,
0: CB, I'm noticing a theme. Most of your, uh, the heroes in your books are heroines. Uh, most of them are females.
3: Well, yeah, but you know what's interesting about that is I always have uh, two or more strong male supporting roles along with the, the main uh, female character. Awesome. Well, so, we love that. Kind of you know, we always
1: time, we love you know? the men that support what we're doing. <laughs>
3: <That's> right, <laughs> right.
0: You
1: definitely raised raised two sons to do that since they both are helping you with your book products. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I'm learning from having been married for seven years that women are usually right. So,
1: uh, oh, oh. <laughs> I hope his, his wife is worth <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. We know we're not always right, but we appreciate it when you just go ahead and let it be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so That's tell me about, you know, what what are some of the challenges of working with family?
0: Um
3: learning to let Dan be the boss.
0: Uh you know, and I think um I think uh our the um creative collaboration is a a big part of it. Um you know, I, I know that CB likes to write kind of stream of consciousness, and she kind of intrinsically knows where she's going with it, but once she, uh, I guess once we, you know, started coming up with uh, a partnership, we started uh, saying, you know, I want to help her with uh, major plot points and kind of big picture stuff, and she goes through and does most of the writing, so I just have to know up to what uh, point we're working and, and what the the final point is, and so... I think that that's also been good for her uh, to kind of map it out and kind of know where it's going. And then uh, she's free, she's free to write, you know, all the in-between stuff. So I think that that's actually a benefit. Um, I think uh, the challenge of that was initially when she was just reading it to me and I was like, Oh, could we do this? Could we not do that? You know, I was uh, very sensitive of her feelings and wasn't even sure if she wanted my feedback. And, and then, uh, you know, we started saying, Hey, this is working really well. And, and so, um, so now I'm, I'm, uh, you know, tactful and and uh, you know tell her what I think and love, but you know sometimes I'm thinking you know this doesn't work or you know perhaps like dialogue <laughs> sometimes, between.
3: Sometimes he's not as tactful
0: as yeah. he used to be. Yeah, but 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 I think it works. You know, it's it's yeah. kind of like you. And that's one of the things I was learning in in design school too is you have to keep pushing everything. You know, you always want it to be done. You want to move on to the next thing, but uh if it really matters and it does in this case. So, you know, I, I wanna just keep pushing, you know, if she has to redo the audio book three times then, you know, I don't care. You know Yeah, or, but I do. Yeah. I mean it's a lot of work. But but nobody else is gonna care either. They're just gonna decide if it's good or bad or if they want to listen to it. So Well and you he's know.
3: usually right. That's the thing that galls me the most. I get irritated sometimes but i remind myself to just sit back and watch because most of the time it proves out that he's right
0: well you know but but i don't really have to help her with her writing that much most of the time it's just kind of uh conceptual and and uh, where it's going and you know and and we'll just and brainstorming is one of my favorite things to do is say okay so what happens next you know and you mentioned that uh you know the the nemesis has a brother and he's in prison and you know so it's i think that that stuff's all really really fun stuff to do
3: yeah my approach i i have found and it's not like i determined it in advance it just kind of developed in me i like to let the characters become alive and take on you know their own personalities and characters and so forth and and sometimes that will guide The plot a little bit for me about, you know, how they would, at least how they would handle if I have a a scene coming up that I really want to have happen, I try to have it happen according to the way those particular characters would enter into it. And that's a gorgeous thing. I
1: certainly love it. And I'm going to ask Gina to step in and ask all the other questions she's been holding and saving it up for me so I can do that other television show. I'll still be able to uh, listen till the end. Uh, but I wanted to, uh, you know, take the time now to say thank you, guys. I really enjoyed uh, funding this. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Great to meet you. Yes, of course. Gina, are you all there?
3: Yeah.
1: Awesome. <clears throat>
2: I d haven't read any of your books, C.B. although India tells me that you recently sent me one, so I am looking forward to it. But I am a awesome. giant fan of faith based and inspirational movies. And I Oh, watch you're gonna love it. Four or five of them every weekend, literally. So Wow Great.
0: Wow. I'm sure that this is gonna become the next big feature film so uh get it while it's hot You're right
2: right <laughs> you can right. tell people you read <laughs> That's it way awesome. yeah so we actually Are
0: we you actually, actually did looking
3: us- into that um we we, tra- we made a five minute clip of our own and uh right now doing the uh audio drama podcast um it's, it's taking most of our time but i think we're about at the point where we can let that fly on its own, and maybe look
0: into some other possibilities. I would say we're not actively pitching a screenplay, but uh, but hopefully through getting the word out and building a base, uh, you know, I'm, I'm confident that uh, God's working all that stuff together behind the scenes at, at the right time. Well, you
2: know, one of my two of my favorite actors that are in that genre of film are Kevin Sarbo and Dean Cain. And oh, yeah. both oh, yeah. of them I've seen interviews of, and they now both are producing movies as well. Kevin Sarbo oh. says that oftentimes authors reach out to him with a gift of a book, and that then turns into his approaching them about turning it
0: into a movie. So hint, hint, might
2: gonna... want to send books to Kevin Sarbo and Dean
0: Kane. Yeah, yeah, I'll get our production assistant, a.k.a. my dad, onto the case <laughs> John, there send books go. to Kevin Stark and Dean Kane. stat
3: Hey, thank Fantastic. you
0: for that. Yeah He's already sent them
3: Alright well,
2: I am today. a natural connector and if I knew either of them I would gladly do it myself because I have a feeling oh, this this is the kind of material that both of them would really be in love with
0: that's cool. Uh, don't show them the uh, the YouTube video we made. I mean, I, I'm proud of it, but these guys are on another level. <laughs> we, had, we had we had one hour from this church, and uh, we ended up taking an hour and a half. We had one camera. I was the cameraman, and two actors, and uh, it's just it's my my wife is actually playing Alexa Sylvan, and then I had a buddy who was involved with law enforcement, and so uh, so it was really cool. He comes in and. Uh, the lights are off in the church, and he's got his gun drawn and a flashlight next to it, scanning back and forth. And my wife is uh, hiding behind the pews, that uh, you can see the light going over her head, and she's got a gun drawn. And uh, so it's, it, was, it was definitely fun, but it's definitely not uh, ready for uh, not mass production. K- level, yeah. No. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Too funny. Well, it's the quality of the writing that they'd be more interested in, yes. not the video, right? <laughs>
1: Right,
0: yeah,
2: hopefully. Right. <laughs> now, in the show notes for today, one of the things that Andrea mentioned is that you help with self publishing of books. Is that for your own books or for other people's books as well?
0: Kind of both. Well, we are, uh, a lot of the things that we've learned the hard way, we're putting together in a series of PDFs and we're going to make some blog posts and uh, if you sign up, if you go to CB Hoffman and it's h o f f m a n n dot com slash how to, you'll see we we really only have one up, uh, and that's on writing, and uh, you know it goes into getting it copyrighted and uh, you know before you share it with people. And we want to make some more for cover design, for how to take better photos, for doing a little video editing. Uh, we want to make a, a whole series of guides that we can help people with, but we're not actually accepting uh, projects, uh, other books.
3: What we're we're trying to do is give um, prospective writers the tools they need to do it themselves and hopefully to have the courage to um, just follow, if they follow what we've got, um, you know, we've got, it's all bulleted kind of uh, outline. And if they follow it, that, that can at least get them started and get them in the right direction and Soon, we'll be putting up more on how to create your own book cover, how to do a better website, how to do the photography, all the things you need to know. So we are working hard uh, on trying to get all this stuff together. uh, About
2: four or five years ago, I recorded a course called the Entrepreneurial Authoring Course. If you go to... AskGGG.com dot com forward slash D U E A W. A-S-K-G-G-G.com dot com forward slash D U E A W. You'll find the the funnel there. There's a four part free video series. There's an upsell for ten bucks to one of the modules, and then the whole workshop is recorded. And I want to say it's around one hundred ninety seven dollars. I would be happy to gift it to the two of you so you can take a look at it. It's probably all stuff you guys already know. But more than anything, I want to gift it to you so that you can see if it could be of help to some of your people that are going through your how-to material. It's a
3: fabulous course. All right. Well, that took a lot of effort.
0: You know what? So I'm writing it down. So it's ask, A-S-K, and then GGG.com. And then that was D-U-E-A-W? You got it. I just typed that in, and for some reason it's saying it's not found.
2: Well, let me go take a look and see why. Hang on. G G G D U E. Talk about something while I'm typing.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, I got a 404. I don't know if uh, perhaps I mistyped
2: it. It could just be me. Okay.
0: No worries, this but that's a link I haven't
2: worries. gotten. I've not given out in a long time, so.
3: Okay. I want to do um, more. Um, I want every one of my books to wind up being on audible.com, and right now I've only got the trilogies up. So there's just so much on the, uh, so much on our plates that still needs to be done. Anne wants a sequel to every one of them, so. Plus, I'm trying to write a um, a sci-fi with Dan and our his younger brother Mark. I'm not real. I found that I'm not real good with sci-fi. So, since they are, you know, we can combine efforts. Maybe I'll learn from them in in attempting that genre because I think sci-fi is tough. I think sci-fi is tough too.
2: And the reason that you can't, you're getting a 404 is because they gave you the wrong link. It's in a different order. It's still no askggg.com forward slash EAWDU. EAWDU. And okay. the sales page right. for the whole workshop is just EAW, Askggg.com okay. forward slash EAW.
3: Yeah, we've got got it now. Thank you. Yeah. I've
2: got over 4,000 Ask links. Some go to articles and free stuff. Some go to products that I've created over the years. I've worked with tons and tons and tons of authors over the years. And for quite some time, I had an imprint of Motivational Press, so we were actually publishers at Directions University Press. So. Wow. It's certainly something that, you know, I've got a lot of experience in in helping people with their books, whether that's getting them published, running bestseller campaigns, doing book launches, figuring out how to use your book to generate more business for your business, you know, pretty much the whole gamut. So if I can ever help you guys, let me know. It's been
3: around for a long time, since uh, the late 90s. Wow. Oh, we've got a lot to learn yet.
0: I just signed CB up for your uh, your email list.
3: Awesome.
0: This is, this is going to well, be great. I am
2: so glad that you guys have been here and shared everything that you shared with everyone today. Like, I commend you for taking the plunge and getting into a whole new endeavor, CB. What a switch from being a teacher.
3: Well, i got to tell you, though, I'm really, really enjoying the change. I really am. It's it's more creatively challenging, and uh, I enjoy that. I've always enjoyed the And uh, Thanks for having yeah. us on the show. This is
0: really, really informative and fun, and uh, just uh, really enjoyed it.
3: Oh, boy. It's been a learning experience, yeah. And You can find them
2: at cbhoffman, H-O-F-F-M-A-N-N.com. Thank you for having joined us today. Andrea and I will be back same time, same place next week for another episode of Leverage Masters. Have a fantastic week, everybody.
0: Tune in next week for another episode of Leverage Masters. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook on our Leverage Blackbook page to keep up with the latest. We'll see you next time on Leverage Masters.